Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. I'm Wayne Shepard with our host, Mark Gregston, the author of Tough Guys and Drama Queens. And Mark, it's good to be with you this week. That's right. Thanks, Wayne. You know, we're gonna, the book is about tough guys and drama queens, and it's interesting because whenever we start talking about drama queens, parents are always asking that question, why is my child so dramatic? <laughs> I mean, they're always just making statements and everything's huge and everything's big and everything's about them. And I mean, it's just on and on and on. And I go, you know what? Kids have become very dramatic in the last few years because they live in a world where they're disconnected, and when they become disconnected, everything does become about them. Here's a word for it, narcissism. Uh-huh. You know, difficult to say, difficult to really understand That's sometimes. right. So we're going to give some good clarity to that word and perhaps how parents can deal with that with their kids today. Mark, when we think of teens who maybe think too highly of themselves, uh, doesn't the world uh, lead them in that direction? Yeah, you know, it's amazing. I remember the scripture that says, let no man think of himself more than he ought. And I, I aim that at adolescence, and I go, they all think a lot more of themselves. But you know what? I mean, and we've all done that. When you and I were adolescents, I'm sure we thought more oh, of sure. ourselves. The world than, revolved around me, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So that's kind of normal. But you know what? What's happening is because it's accelerated, because it is so expanded, there's more people to revolve around my world. There's more drama. There's more issues than I'm more involved in the lives of people. Shallow. You know, it's almost saying instead of a few deep relationships, I have a ton, a ton of very shallow relationships. And so it means that I embrace all the drama, all the confusion, all the criticalness, all the bullying, all those shallow relationship qualities come to life. And to, and to manage all that becomes difficult. That's why our kids are texting all the time and always on Facebook. They're consumed with keeping up. They're making sure that they're still seen in this narcissistic world that says, you know, if everybody is a princess, then I've got to make sure that my tiara is on better than everybody else. <laughs> a little straighter. And if everybody's a tough guy, then I've just got to be just a little bit tougher. You know, and so it's a tough world for kids. It's a very difficult world. So it has to do with how they treat each other, their peer relationships but it also has to do with how they fit into the family if they have this these feelings of superiority. Oh, absolutely. What I've found through the years is that is that the definition of narcissism fits with kids, but it's accelerated today and it, and it's good to help parents think about narcissism outside of thinking that you're beautiful. Most people think it has to do with I'm always looking in the mirror, it's not just physical. Always yeah. fixing my hair and all that. But here's here's some things that I would say these are are, are symptoms of a child that's narcissistic. Not an exhaustive list, but it that's helps. That's right, that's right. Believing that you're better than others, exaggerating your achievements or talents. I mean, people that really think, I'm a lot better than everybody else. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing to me to watch American Idol and those shows where they're telling <laughs> people, you just can't sing, you're terrible. And the people are looking at them going, 
Yes, I can. I'm going. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. You know. So here's a third thing: is expecting constant praise and admiration. I mean, they want to be patted on the back. They want to know you're good. You're good. You're good. You're great. A friend of mine calls that affirmation junkies. That's right. That's right. A fourth thing is failing to recognize other people's emotions and feelings. Now you got a little 14 year old girl running around your house. And a typical adolescent doesn't spend time thinking about a whole lot of other people. When that is elevated, exaggerated, and magnified, you may have a narcissistic kid. It's just a kid that doesn't think about anybody else. The fifth thing is they express disdain for those people that are inferior. Or it's, they it, feel are inferior. That's right. You know, it's not only that I'm so good, it's that everybody else is so bad. Not, not, I mean, if you're sitting there, most parents are going, wait a minute, now I'm beginning to understand why these kids bully so much, mm-hmm. you know, and that becomes a big issue. The sixth thing is they have trouble keeping healthy relationships. The seventh thing is that they think they don't have anything to learn. They have arrived. They have arrived. <laughs> they've got it. They're all together. And I look at that and I go, it's kids, it's adolescents where they're focused on themselves, but it's magnified and accelerated to such a point that now we've got a problem. Well, I wonder how much social media has to do with this. And interestingly, we get this question from a parent yeah. on our website who says, and they admit, I spy on my son's Facebook page every once in a while. And recently, I've seen very hurtful things that he says about others. How do I discipline him for that, especially when I'm the one who is doing the spying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what parent isn't doing a little bit of stalking or spying or looking at well, their kids? Well, we've done whole programs on that. You need to have the password so you can look at what That's your kids right. are doing, That's especially right. younger ones. That's right. And this depends on their age. If they're 18 years old, you know what? Leave it alone. Right. If they're 13, get involved and get involved heavily. You know, one of the things that, that begins to happen, a child says something online they feel a great sense of bravado and braggadocious that I can say this and get by with it. Well, I'll say it a little bit more. I'll say it in bigger words. I'll use different words (laughs) that really express that get people's attention. Remember, it's saying, I want attention, so look at me. That's why kids never stop making sure they look well. They always are put together that their hair is right, their makeup is good. They want to present themselves well because they need to look better than everybody else. And isn't that what the world does? We like to manage our image. It's That's all right. about our, our PR, our brand. It as really a person, is. Right? It really is. I mean, it's a perfect way to put it. But what's happening is this group of people on Facebook and everybody else in school it is so large that it never quits. And if you ever quit pedaling, you're going to go backwards. And so that's why these kids get consumed in, in having to always defend their position and always cut down somebody else. Well, here's a teen who's saying hurtful things about other people, and mom's seen that on his Facebook page. It could be a text. We know of situations where teens yeah, uh, text yeah. each other some mean things sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and, I, and I think that, you know all the movies about mean girls and mean guys and all that, it, it's just accelerating. Now, I've got some ideas on bullying and all that that we can talk about a little bit later because I don't think it has so much to do with the one who's doing the bullying or the one that's getting bullied, but it has to do with others. But, but social media fuels this thing. I mean, because it, it looks like it's more about arrogance and narcissism. Uh, it's all about me, and I'm going to be better, and I am better than everybody else. You know, it's amazing. We can be little people, in this case on Facebook, and seemingly get away with it. 
Right. Because we just simply type it. But the world sees that. That's right. Everybody sees it. You know, and and this is what happens. I mean, when you hear about all these stories of kids who feel like they've been bullied online, it's the fact that everybody else knows it. It's not just a fight between you and me. It's a fight that when I I use those fighting words and and I now express those to everybody else online, now I have to live up to those the next day when I walk back to school. And so now it's not just you and me. Now people have have sided because they go in and like what I say or they or they make comments about what I say. So we're fueling a fight. We're almost blending the ingredients. And then the next day, people are going to get together and duke it out. All right. This parent's facing this now. What does this parent do in, in this case? You know, I think what this parent's got to do is, is, is go to their child and say, I'm going to be watching what's being said. And there's got to be consequences for anything that's inappropriate. Mom's dead. You can't control what everybody else is saying. Leave it alone. I mean, you, you can't. You have to look at your own child and say, how do I deal with them, this person, my child, and their words that they are saying? Are they being above reproach? Realizing that other kids are using words and, and comments to get their attention as well. Everybody wants to be noticed. Okay, but, but it's got to be with the understanding that you need to know that your child wants to be noticed by other people. And if they don't find this way to be noticed, they will find another way to be noticed. Hey, I want to tell you about an online course that I think can turn around the crisis that you're facing in your family with your teen. It's online, and we call it our Families in Crisis course. And you get to pay whatever you want to view it. This four-hour course will help you understand the impact that this culture is having on your teen and share with you some very practical ways that you can engage with your child on a different level to help them get to a place that they want to go and keep them from ending up in a place where they never want to visit. I sat down, turned on the camera, and shared the content of what I share at all of our Families in Crisis conferences that we hold here on the Heartlight Campus in Longview, Texas. So if you can't attend one of those conferences in person, then take advantage of this opportunity to make those changes that you'd like to see in your family. And I'll share how to make those happen. This could just be the best decision you've ever made, to put some new tools in your parenting toolbox to equip you with wise counsel and practical insights how you can connect with your disconnected teen. To get this course, go to the Crisis Course. Dot com. That's called the crisiscourse.com. It'll change the way you parent, and it might just change the heart of the teen that is causing the crisis in your family. Here's a question from a parent who says, how do we deal with a child who thinks she knows everything and won't listen? Yeah, you know, if that's she, a narcissistic teen, right? <laughs> it very much so is. If she's 13 or 14, she's probably going to grow through it. Yeah, I mean, there's a part of that. If you've got an 18-year-old that's like that, just pray that the day when she leaves home comes quicker. You know, I mean, you can't do anything about the 17, 18-year-old. That's pretty much where they are. But with the 13, 14, 15-year-old, you can do something. And this is what I would tell moms and dads, and, and most people aren't going to like this. Moms and dads, quit talking so much. What you're doing is creating a battle zone to happen. 
You keep talking, so they feel like they have to keep talking. Somewhere along the line, they feel like they don't know things, so they've got to express it to somebody. Hmm. If everybody else out there is telling them, you don't know about life and you don't know anything, well, where are they going to express it that they really do? Where are they going to show that I do have some preparation, I do have some training, I know how to handle myself? They're going to do it at home. And so when you start to combat them at home, you're playing the same game that everybody else is playing on Facebook. This is where that scripture that says, even a fool appears wise when he keeps his mouth shut. Listen, and you know what? Let them know everything. Just go, okay. That's out. Granted, that's it. You know, and then let, let, let them burn themselves. I mean, let, th- there's nothing like experience to be a great teacher. So give them the opportunity to use all that knowledge they have and make some decisions and let them burn themselves. You know, and, and let them learn without you always saying, I told you so, you should have <laughs> listened to me, or ridicule and shame them for the mistake. Let experience and consequences be the teacher in this thing, and you back up a little bit. Remember what you're trying to do. You're trying to give the opportunity for your child to take all those things that you have taught them off the shelf and apply it to their world. We've got to give them an opportunity to do that. And the more that we engage in the same type of discussion that they're having with all their other friends, we're wasting time. We're, we're keeping that processing from happening. We need to just be quiet at times. One more thing about social media, and you've already said that it's not all bad. There's some good things about social media. We use it as as well ourselves. But if you go to teens' pages, it's really all about them, isn't it? Well, it is. You know, I I mean, it's a cry with kids there. And and most people haven't gone to a teenager's page. But I mean, you look anywhere, what they're saying is, look at me. Even the pictures. Look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at all the family experiences we've had. I mean, look look at all the things that I possess, look at the body image that I have. Aren't I so good? Look at these things that I can do. Look how people love me. Look at all the friends I have. Look, I mean, it is crying out to people, look at me, look at me. And so they're going to do anything they can to get someone to pay attention. Mm-hmm. In a performance-oriented world where everything is about appearance, people will say, pay attention to me. So they're going to put comments and words and ideas and thoughts and little sayings, and they're going to quote scripture, then they're going to say words that are totally inappropriate, and they're going to put pictures that are of them involved in different things. It's a yearbook, it's a, but it's an ongoing yearbook. They want somebody to look at them. Well, I said we want to talk more about what parents can do. You've already told us to spend time one-on-one with our kids away from social networking. That's right. What else can we do? Well, you know, I, I think it, it's, it's helping your child know that it's okay and even good to be vulnerable at times, that you don't have to have it all together. D- Mom and Dad, do this. You know, on a Saturday, call it your slob day. <laughs> you know, just have a slob day. Nobody gets to take a shower. Nobody gets to get cleaned up. Nobody gets to put on makeup. Everybody can be a slob that day. Somewhere you need to convey a message to your child that says it's okay to not have it together. To be imperfect. That's right. And go out to eat dinner as a bunch of slobs that you're just not going to dress up. It conveys something to a child that I don't have to be this way. I don't have to play the game. And you may find that a child relaxes just a little bit. 
another thing is to watch for some bullying that may be going on. That's right. And from other teens who think too highly of, them, of themselves. That's and, right. You know, because they're all playing the game. Everybody's saying, look at me, but they're saying, look at me more. And matter of fact, don't look at them because they're bad. Okay. And here's the thing about bullying. Most people think that we need to target the bullies or we need to target the people that are being bullied. Because if you've been bullied, you will want to bully to show that you're not going to be bullied anymore. That's I don't think that's who we ought to be focusing on. I think we ought to be focusing on all the bystanders that are sitting there watching it happen oh. and engage them to stop, through peer pressure, to stop the process that's going on. We're always looking whether our child's being bullied or whether our child is bullying somebody else. If your child is sitting on Facebook or in any situation and doing nothing, that's not the sign of a friend. It's not the sign of somebody who's loyal. It's not the sign of somebody that should be standing up for for somebody else. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.